0: When you love someone, like really, really love someone, you don't want to hurt them, right? You want them to be happy. But inevitably, if you've been in a relationship long enough, like me and Tom, no matter how much we love each other, no matter how much you want them to be happy, no matter how much you would sacrifice for them, there's going to be moments where you've really upset them. They've really upset you. Now, none of this may be deliberate, and that's the first key, guys. You've got to figure out if it's deliberate or not, because if it's deliberate, get out of the relationship. But if it's not deliberate, how on earth in those moments do you navigate that? Because sometimes it doesn't feel like the other person isn't deliberately hurting you. So when you're in those situations where maybe you have accidentally hurt your partner, how on earth do you smooth things out? Or vice versa, if they really hurt you, and you feel like, oh my God, Like, I can't believe they've just said that to me. How on earth do you guys re-come together? How do you reconnect? Because it is inevitable. As much as you don't want to, it's gonna be inevitable that you're gonna find yourself in this situation, if you're in a relationship for long enough. And so these are the moments. In those situations, in those moments, how on earth do you show up? How do you handle it when the shit hits the fan and you feel shitty because you've really hurt your partner or they've hurt you? Well, today we go over exactly how you navigate these situations to come out even stronger. Yes, guys, I know you're gonna think I'm BSing you, but I'm really not, I'm telling you now. There are moments where Tom and I have butted heads. I've been so upset because he's upset me so much. And yet by the end of it, because we've been able to navigate it, we actually end up closer than ever before. So let's dive in right now and find out exactly how on earth you navigate these very tumultuous, situations with ease and guys if this episode brought you value please please do subscribe share with your homies rate and review that is how you show the love now let's dive in to relationship theory on women of impact enjoy the episode
1: everybody welcome to another juicy episode of relationship theory today we're going to be talking about how to stay even keel when your partner's triggered and their feelings have been hurt it's gonna be amazing. We've got some great advice for you. Not that we've ever had our feelings hurt, <laughs> but I think we have some things to discuss here. Yeah, so in?
0: I'm just gonna read the question. Word. Um, how do you stay open and non-defensive when your partner's triggered and they hurt your feelings?
1: Yeah, you wanna go first?
0: Um, sure. So how do you, the funny thing is, there's two ways to, to do this, I think. There's one actually when your partner is hurting your feelings. And there's another one when you're hurting their feelings. Mm-hmm. I think both are super important. Um, do you have one that you want to go with first?
1: Yeah, I would start I with your your, your partner is upset and you're trying to diffuse the situation.
0: Um, all right, so I'm trying to diffuse the situation. I'll, Because we've been together for a long time, we know each other's buttons. And I actually just interviewed Robin McGraw, who has been married to Mm. Phil McGraw for 40 years. Dr. Phil, that aren't on They've been together, babe, for 49 (coughs) years. That's crazy. Here we are going, we've been together for 20, we know everything, 49. It's freaking insane. And one of the things she said that so resonated with me that me and you talk about all the time is give over the, give over your vulnerability so much so that they can use it as a weapon mm. like actually they could use it as a weapon and trust them that they are not going to and so me and you have absolutely given over all of our triggers we've told each other what our triggers are and that's why i come in and when i first started i was like do we start with our own triggers because that actually helps me Because once you've identified what is my trigger and I explain it to you, Mm -hmm. you explain your trigger and you explain it to me, then I know, in those situations, how to handle it. But if you have to guess what the other person's triggers are, it's literally like stabbing in the freaking dark. It's like a love language. Figure out what your love language is, love language, in regards to what is your triggers. And now, how do I not trigger them? Like, actually have those discussions. But what
1: do you do when the other person is tripping out? Like, you've already triggered them. So, so avoiding trying, triggering them is too late. Okay. I'm like super okay. upset.
0: Okay. Cause yes, you're right. Cause I went to try to avoid the trigger in the first place,
1: Right. which is super powerful, but just slightly different than the question.
0: Yeah. Um, time, space. Like that's really what I would do is you need to calm down. I need to calm down, give each other space because anything that I say right now isn't going to register. Like it just isn't. There's a moment of that upset fury where you can't hear what the other person's saying. And we've had that, right? Where it's like, I'm trying to say the words or you're trying to say the words to me and we just don't hear it. And in those moments, to me, it is always better to walk away because we just don't hear each other. And many times we've got into arguments because neither of us walked away. And one of us has been triggered and we won't let it go.
1: It's interesting. I've never liked your strategy of just walking away. Like to me, that is a strategy of absolute last resort. It's a powerful tool. It's very useful. You like it, you use it. Um, but for me, I would actually much rather stay and have the conversation. Now, given the dynamics of the two of us, it's good that you know, where your limit is that you're saying, Hey, I've reached that limit where this isn't going to be useful for me anymore. And so I need to hit timeout and walk away. And I've learned cool. If she calls, if she pulls a rip cord on the conversation, even though I don't want it, that it really will work. Like it's a guaranteed solution. Trying to think if it's guaranteed universally or just with us. But with us, it's a guaranteed solution that the neurochemistry is going to change with time, right? So the world will force you to change in some way. So I'll give a really dumb example. If we get in an argument and then I know that you have a meeting with somebody or you're going to talk to your family or whatever, I'm like, perfect, she'll go, that will change her neurochemistry and she's going to be fine. And so then we can have a level conversation. Same with me. If I go do something else, my neurochemistry is going to change and now we're approaching the subject from a different neurochemical standpoint. So that's my answer in what do you do when the other person has been triggered, you have to do something that changes their neurochemistry. If you keep going at it, which is my strategy, I'm gonna convince you. Let me show you how you're wrong. Let me show you why you shouldn't be upset, right? That, that's always been the <laughs> Let um, me show flawed, you
0: why you shouldn't be upset. Right, that's exactly the, it. the
1: sort of flawed logic that when we're arguing about something, especially if it makes me feel bad that I've upset you, I go into, I need to convince her that she shouldn't be upset. The problem is it doesn't change your neurochemistry that just heightens it, right? It just makes you feel less heard, makes you more upset because typically what's happened when somebody really gets upset, you've stepped on an insecurity. And so now their insecurity has been triggered. They're in a very defensive place. And so now if you're telling them you're wrong about that, it just increases that sense of like, insecurity, being attacked, being wrong, like all the, the while they may not be the exact same trigger point, they create the same neurochemical reaction of defensive, mm. guard up, hard edged, um, not wanting to be soothed. It's so it's just, it's all pushback, right? You're in a combative stance And the only thing to do is to do the thing that pulls them out of that neurochemical state. So this is why we created the love tokens. And this, unfortunately, is sidestepping the question a little bit because it forces you to do groundwork before the argument, which is to establish at a time where you feel so connected and you're so in love and you say, hey, let's do these love tokens. And if I ever give you a love token, no matter how angry you are, you're going to remember that we love each other and you will... Stop being angry, which is possible, by the way. And so we agreed, and then when you come into that and the person gives you that chip, now you have an obligation to yourself and to the marriage. You said you would let it go, instantly, no matter how right you are, like not even think you are. In that moment, when somebody hands you the love chip, even if you are right, which secretly you're probably not, (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, even when to the core of your being, you believe I am right. I have agreed that because I love this person, because I prioritize the love that we share, because I understand, quite frankly, the potency of shifting your state, and because I know that we are capable of state change. Like, because I think people really confuse I am angry the anger is justified, therefore it is real, therefore why would I ever want to change my state? It would, in essence, be a lie. <laughs> and once you understand that isn't true, and that life is just about neurochemical modulation, if you don't believe me, put on your favorite song, and you'll see instantly, you get hype. And it's like, if you dance, you like you can't help but feel differently. It's super fascinating to me. You uh, took a breath, Yeah, I know you but, have something to say. Yeah,
0: um, So to the love token, um, if you don't mind, I want to share something with, uh, with the audience. Um, so we haven't used the love token in six years, 10 years maybe, a like, long time. it's been so freaking long. And a few weeks ago, I needed to use it. And I walked in and I didn't even know, I was like, I know we've spoken about it on relationship theory, but it's like I haven't, I literally, I I have it next to me in my office. I wouldn't
1: even have known where to find it. I was so impressed. Yeah, thank you. Um,
0: I've kept it near me. In fact, I kept it so that whenever we do relationship theory, I could show people, but it actually came in useful because it was just sitting right there. And we haven't used it in maybe 10 years. And I go and grab it and I came up to you and I was upset and you were upset and I was like, a bit harsh and like harsh is in my body language my right. face tone i just came and you were harsh with me you just didn't really acknowledge that i was in the room <clears throat> and i came and i just put the chip next to you and within a millisecond you like oh well, i didn't realize you had the chip come here baby <laughs> and literally within, i mean you just Flipped it on a dime. It had been 10 years, but we had agreed on what that token meant. Mm. And in that moment, I actually wasn't sure how you were going to perceive it. I wasn't sure because the, the importance of the chip, it, like we haven't really used it. So is it still as important to you if I haven't reminded you of it? So I didn't know how you were going to react. And when I placed it down and you turned around within a millisecond, you're like, baby, come here. You got the, the love chip, come here. Like that. You hugged me as soon as you hugged me. I let down my guard, and it just flipped on a switch. And it was because going back to what you were saying, we built the foundation, and that's the key for when you're being triggered or you're triggering the other, triggering the other person to make sure that you build that foundation in a nice, loving moment, so that you're not having the, you know, the, the friction when it actually happens.
1: For sure. And so there's two things there. One is on my tombstone, the, the, and I don't think a lot about legacy, but the more I um, spend time in front of a camera, the more I realize the thing that I'm meant, though I don't think of meant to be, but the thing that I'm meant to do in this world is to get people to understand that you're having a biological experience. Mm-hmm. And that whether it's controlling your diet and your diet's impacting your mood more than you realize, or whether it's just realizing you can decide decide to feel differently and that nature for whatever weird reason has given us what i call physiological hooks to change your state that the easy one to explain is if you breathe from your diaphragm it will relax you there's no if ands or buts there's no person for whom it doesn't work um if you breathe from your diaphragm long enough somebody has to like work with you to help you do it right but you will calm down it just is It, it is a physiological hook and in that moment, I knew I could change my state. I needed a reason. There needed to be something, because when you came in the room, I didn't want you to think that I wasn't still bothered. So it wasn't that I wasn't acknowledging you. I looked at you, and it was that I specifically positioned my face and my body language to communicate to you, no, I'm still upset. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of this puzzle is, that we have, I would say very wisely, given sort of talismanic powers to a a talisman. So you give, I don't even (laughs) talismanic may not be a word, it's the right uh, linguistic like phraseology or the way that you form that word. So a talisman is an object that carries special powers. So we have imbued certain words and certain things with these powers and the love token and I'm sure you found it like hallmark or something just some cheap little dollar oh, fifty God, it was thing when, yeah, yeah, right so um, it it isn't like in and of itself objectively this thing has power, but we granted it power in because we understand, hey, you can change your brain, brain chemistry, but you need something, you need some triggering event, a word, a phrase, an uh, interruption, something.
0: Interruption, really, right? It's
1: interesting, so cognitive behavioral therapy, a thing called a pattern interrupt. Exactly. So we needed this thing that would be the pattern interrupt to say, with, because here's what happens. When you're, you're in an argument and you both believe that you're right, it's going to be a contentious conversation And it's what we call a dangerous conversation because it could go awry. Somebody could get upset, whatever. And we were arguing over a values conflict which we have talked before on the show. And in a relationship, there's really nothing super dangerous until you run into a values conflict because a values conflict is I understand your position. You understand my position. I can articulate your position. You can articulate my position. I still think you're crazy. Mm. You still think I'm crazy. Mm. So now th- this isn't a misunderstanding. This is a, I fully understand you when you're wrong. So that's always going to be super dangerous. So the fact that we knew, Hey, we're going to have to negotiate through this thing. And it's going to be very difficult. We tried once, which is how we've ended up in these camps where we're both angry and you bringing the love chip was like, hey, we have something that's bigger than the value that we're colliding over, which is our value of love, state change, commitment to each other. And so it was really, really fascinating. It's like the olive branch. It is exactly an olive branch, but one that has personal meaning to us. Yes.
0: all lowercase again guys you can go to shopify.com slash lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in that's shopify.com slash lisa and then as you were talking i can't remember where i heard this um but it's like the phone you're in a really bad argument and the phone rings it's like hi don't here hello <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes it's
0: like if everyone watching right now just laugh because they know they can do it, right. then they can also pattern interrupt when they're in the middle of an argument. Mm-hmm. They just have to actively figure out what that interrupt is and make sure that they do it. So the chip is the telephone ringing, right? It's the, oh shit, I need to immediately change state of mind. And so everyone that's like, oh, it's easy for you. No, no, that's a pa- Like, I love that example mm-hmm. so much. Um, and then one other thing that I do, Fairly recently, actually, we were, I was fine, like, we had had a bit of a, a tiff, and um, I was finding myself getting hard, like, and, and that's what I do, because I'm not much of a crier, so I actually harden up instead of get sad, like, I get hard, and it was towards the end of the day, and I could feel that I just hardened the whole day, and I knew that we were going to kind of see each other, and so I deliberately, before I came to see you, I went, okay, I need to soften, because right mm-hmm. now, I know that I'm hard, I've done the work on myself to know how i how I am. And so I went upstairs, I took my makeup off, I tied my hair back, I put my pajamas on, my Wonder Woman pajama bottoms, and my big fluffy jumper. And then I went and said hi to you.
1: That's interesting.
0: So I, I actively worked on softening to change the chemicals in, my, in myself so that I could be at a place that when I saw you, you would see that I was looking at you with love instead of with hardness.
1: Mm. No, I love that. And, you know, it goes back to the initial thesis that when the other person is upset whatever you do better be designed to change their neurochemistry. Because if you can't do that, Mm -hmm. the conflict is gonna just keep going up, 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 up. And it isn't until you can help them into a new space that you're gonna be able to resolve the conflict. And the problem is, if the other person is upset, that's probably going to impact you in some kind Mm -hmm. of way, which makes you more likely to want to help them resolve it because now you're feeling your own thing and that's where this stuff escalates and gets out of control. So yeah, the punchline is you have to shift them into a softer, more open, more connected space. And like anything leading by example, is the big thing. And so if I see that I've upset you in some way, which then makes me annoyed or whatever, that, oh my God, like, you know, we were just discussing something so simple and now it's, you know, become this whole thing. And of course that's super insensitive. That's not me trying to understand where you're coming from. So it's like, if I keep meeting that energy like that, then we're not going anywhere. Mm. But if I step into, hey, look, I am, I want to really understand where you're coming from. Let me try to articulate where I think you're at and let me know if I'm missing something. And i found a lot of times in forcing myself to steal men your argument, I have to step into those nuances. Mm. And then it's like, actually, I do get where you're coming from now. And I do see that now. And even if I don't agree that that reaction to it is justified, now that I really understand it, I either have to say, well, I understand it. And yes, that actually is what I mean, and that is where I'm coming from, or I go, I get why you're reading that, but that isn't what I mean. And even now, I can Mm -hmm. feel myself like modulating my voice in a different way, changing the way that I'm holding my face, um, all in ways that are designed to bring us back together. And when I can do that, which of course is not always, but when I can do that, and really um, not sort of artificial calm, but like actually try to be soothing to really embody something that's gonna make you feel seen and understood and then help us into, okay, we're together on this. We both wanna get where we each feel good. I'm really committed to that. And now how do we you know, walk towards that? It just, that change of tenor of intention ends up playing out in neurochemistry
0: word one thing I'd like to add to that you know how we have love languages there Mm. really should be like a trigger language and everyone should know each other's trigger language it's like I don't buy anyone that doesn't have some sort of trigger like I think everyone does and now imagine if everyone knew each other's and you, you, you knew your partners like me and you we've discussed that and I've told you what my triggers are and what I've tried to do over time and I'm doing it better, I haven't gotten there yet, but in those moments that I'm triggered, I try to articulate that to you. And I try to, I tell myself, I've got like a game plan. Okay, take a deep breath, say it very calmly, and I'll say, babe, I feel like I'm being triggered right now because you said this and this, that's not on you, that's on me, because I think triggers, unless you're deliberately trying to trigger someone, I know you, I know how much you love me, so I know you're never going to trigger me on purpose, So I set it up. Hey, I know that you probably didn't mean to. I'm being triggered right now. I don't think this is the wise time to have this discussion. Can we pick this up another time? Or can we do this later? Or this is why I'm being triggered because you've said X, Y, and Z. I think that sort of thing is so important because then it allows you to navigate situations because I don't think triggers in and of themselves are ever really useful. But I do think it's important to talk about feelings, emotions, where people are pressing your buttons, Um, And then supporting each other so that you can... Like for me, I don't just accept my triggers. I don't just say, I've got these triggers and you have to stay away from them. I say, I've got these triggers, I'm working on them, I'm not there yet, but right now this is what is happening, this is what's triggering me, and I, I know I'm not there yet, I still need time, but it has triggered me. And just being honest, I don't judge myself for that. You've been very sweet and you don't judge me for that. And so I think over time I'm able to work through my trigger because I have that support system in you that wants to see me get better, that wants to see me do good. Um, and I don't like that as an excuse, if you will, in an argument. I'm being triggered, like I just don't like that. I, I wanna come at an a disagreement with utter clarity and sobriety. And I can't do that when I get triggered.
1: It's interesting nuance because I'm triggered by the use of the word triggered.
0: That's true, you are.
1: I like, yeah. That's true. Uh, because I'm a big believer in, you need to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. But you were very clear that you own your triggers, but articulating them so that the other person understands, so that they're not unnecessarily making the conversation difficult for you. And I, you know, that certainly is a sign of respect. It's one of those things that, Um, if you were to do it to me where you were doing something that I've told you a thousand times like that really bothers me, um, at the same time, I don't feel that it's useful for me to get annoyed with you for doing the thing that triggers me. I would try to remind myself that it doesn't serve me to get freaked out by something. And so I'm not going to come after you for the use of that thing, but. Hopefully, each person in the discussion isn't going, hey, I want to make this as hard as possible. And so I'm going to drag you into the place that I know that you're super frustrated by.
0: Yeah, we handle it differently because for me, it's I'm working through it. I'm not there yet. I don't feel badly about it. I'm giving myself the grace to grow and learn. I'm proud of myself for trying to change and improve myself and working on it. But if I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet. And I can't just shut down that internal negative voice. I wish I freaking could. I just can't. So because I can't, I just vocalize out loud that I know I shouldn't be triggered, but I am. And that, to me, just gives me a word. So whether you like the word triggered, I could use a different word, which is fine, actually. If actually you want me to use a different word, I actually don't mind that at all. Just let me know what word is... um, doesn't trigger your trigger.
1: <laughs> but I mean the the sort of predictable response for me is I own that, so I don't think you should have and to that's... worry about that, it's like I understand the concept, I know what you're trying to get across, and so for me to say you shouldn't use a word because it bothers me, that you're just making things unnecessarily complicated. We all have our weird idiosyncrasies, but when, and I mean now we're in danger of sort of scope creep of the conversation, but if you go, oh, I have all these things about me and my partner just needs to fucking suck it up and deal with them. Like yeah. you are creating a nightmare for yourself. If on the other hand, you go, okay, look, like you said, I don't, and, and I won't say I shouldn't be i Z. I'll just say it's either useful, meaning it moves hmm. me towards my goals, hmm. or it's not useful, meaning it moves me away from my goals. So if your goal is high level communication that's very effective and you're not getting annoyed and you guys can both reach the to navigate that you know, decision making tree to get to a decision that works for both of you, it isn't useful to be triggered. So that's how I judge the things in my life, either this is useful or, if it's, or it's not. Mm. And if it's useful, then I'm going to say, hey, you, you should just deal with all of my triggers. But that isn't useful. I promise. And so for that reason, I take that on myself. For that reason, you always do your best not to trigger me and the same, right? For my own sake, as well as yours, I'm trying to avoid the things that I know are upsetting. But at the same time, I would expect you to be doing the work to try to get better at that over time. Mm. Word. Word. All right, man talk about important and powerful ideas. There are things that you can do to pattern interrupt in your life, to take your partner to a place that that changes their neurochemistry, deescalates the issue. And if you work on that and own that and get better at that over time, it doesn't get harder as you go, it gets easier. And that is certainly what we hope for all of you guys. So hopefully you will take this information, know that there's more amazing information coming for you and subscribe. And until next time, my friends, Build an amazing relationship, take care.
0: I can't believe we haven't figured that out
1: yet. (laughs) That's close (laughs) enough.